0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Wait Holds Up, a podcast where we talk to homegirls, experts, and others to help us live our most authentic lives. It's Jessica here, and I just had to come on because we have definitely been swamped with life. is um, not joining me in this intro because she's out there hunting for her perfect wedding venue, and I'm super excited for her. If you haven't checked out the episode where she talks all about her engagement. We've got that um, in one of our backlogs for you. But I wanted to come on here and introduce or reintroduce an episode if some of y'all haven't listened to it. This week, we heard the very, very exciting news that one of our former guests, Julissa Prado, the founder and CEO of Risos Curls, had like some bombshell amazing things happening. When her product, the Rizos Curls, uh, when her product, the Rizos Curls line became the first Latina-owned curly hair care brand at Ulta. That's right. You've got Sephora, you've got Ulta. They're the major, biggest, most popular beauty brands in the United States for sure, uh, probably around the rest of the world. And our home girl got her brand into Ulta we know this has been such hard work she's been killing it she's been putting it on she's been putting on for her Latino community for her curly hair mujeres out there and hombres and we're just so so proud of her and a couple of years ago we got to have her on the podcast where she talked about her own journey with you know formally hating her curly hair to embracing it and to finding the perfect products to make her curls pop and then bringing that to the rest of the world So we get a little bit of insight also into her entrepreneurial journey, and this conversation was really, really inspiring, especially for anyone out there who's like, I see a need in my community, but I don't know how to go about addressing it. Trust me, you want to listen to this uh, conversation that we have with Julissa. So we're so proud of you, Julie. Congratulations to you and your team. Go to Ulta, check out her products, and we hope that y'all enjoy this episode. So, Julissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. I know. You. Thank I'm you so, so much excited. for coming by. <laughs> <laughs> she um, looks amazing. Yeah, seriously. She walked throw in this and I was there? like, dang. I know. Is that for us? <laughs> and then we found out, no, it's for Drake. <laughs> <laughs> it's for y'all too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Try and sell that to somebody else. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, the first thing that we see when you walk in, and I'm sure that anyone sees when you walk in, is this beautiful head of curls. Um, and I know that your journey to loving your curls and to loving your hair has been a process. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes.
1: So, um, yes, I'm my own, uh, walking advertisement with my curly hair, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, the idea for Rizzo's Curls came, I can specifically remember the moment when the idea first emerged was I was going to a quinceañera and my cousin's laid my head over an ironing board and ironed my oh. hair straight <laughs> oh, no. with the clothes ironed yeah and that was you know especially like in the hood back then you didn't really have straight uh straightening irons yeah. yet so it was like by any means necessary we're gonna have straight hair so everybody around me would straighten their hair and i just remember laying my head over the ironing board, thinking. Like, oh my gosh, I have to, we have, there has, there's got to be a better way. This is really hot.
0: Yeah. I mean, not not. And like, also you're putting your like life in yes, their hands. Not, seriously. Like, neck, <laughs>
1: real close, real close. It's real close. So I was like oh, 11 man. years old or something, but that was the first time I ever um, had my hair straightened. And um, even at a young age, I just remember seeing everybody around me. Uh, growing up in very Latino, pre- predominant Latino neighborhoods, I always saw the majority of the people around me had some type of texture, whether it was wavy, whether it was curly, coily, whatever it was. It was texture. Well, la- the majority had texture, but the majority straightened it. And you would never know. So um, you would never know that their hair was curly. So I just I just always um, grew up seeing that uh So many Latinas not embracing their own natural texture. And it was always something that um, became very important to me. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. Was the conversation also negative? Like, were people telling you that you had, like, pelo malo?
1: Yeah, of course. It was like, I remember uh, my mom always tells me this story of when she uh, would take, she took me to go get my first haircut and when I tell you I had big hair, so imagine me what I look like now, but in a, my same hair, maybe even bigger and longer on a little girl, like on a little like oh three-year-old, four-year-old. so cute. I just had hair for days. So um, I remember my mom always tells a story of when I got my first haircut, my mom let me go choose my own haircut. She just probably did it to distract me. But like the picture, I went to the hairstylist and I took this picture and it was like this blonde a straight hair girl with like really long hair. And then the lady like I was just remember like I remember that day and she remembers that day, but the lady everybody was like laughing and laughing and I was like I want you to cut my hair like her. Aww. Yeah, so it was like long hair. So I think um definitely growing up you always um hear how oh, este pelo, ¿qué voy a hacer con este pelo? like you know, from everybody around. That's that's just kind of the um what's accepted as the norm of to to say a lot of subtle things like oh my what how do you do your hair oh you wish your hair was straight don't you Mm -hmm. oh man like there's always like negative comments that are made and i think that um we internalize it like whether we like it or not it's kind of it's something it's like fog like you breathe it in and you don't really um you don't really understand the damage it does Mm -hmm. until later but it's there
2: yeah, that's crazy. Did you were were your like cousins or family members also? Did were you like the only one that had a curly
1: well, hair? Well, so my on my so my parents were both born in Mexico, but on my dad's side, they're more so their their family's Afro Mexican. So I have so most of them either look kind of indigenous or just straight up like Caribbeany. Mm-hmm. Um, so on my dad's side, that's where all the texture comes. So a lot of my theas look like they look straight up like mixed with like completely afro-mexican and they have very very coily textures like on the you know curly spectrum they're probably like four a's um and then on my mom's side they are from an area in mexico that everybody looks white they're more like guadalajara like they look 100 percent like caucasian tall colored eyes light skin so I grew up with the very... Even though they were both from Mexico, I grew up with these two sides of my family where my brother, green eyes, six foot something, light skin. And he when he was little, his hair color changed now, but it was like very blondish. Mm-hmm. And then me, I came out kind of like in the middle of the two. So I wasn't as dark or as my hair wasn't as coily as my dad's side of the family, but I was definitely like the colored kid on my mom's side of the family. Mm. So um, I think that... Because of that, I got a lot of like, I like there would be little comments like all the time, like, oh man, um, oh Tony's so lucky, like he, oh, aren't you, aren't you, mm. Tony got the colored eyes? Or I would even hear it with some of my family members, um, that had similar situations where like one kid would be dark and then one kid would be light, um, they would be like, oh, poor, poor, you know, this little girl, like she's
0: dark or god it's so disgusting but isn't it
2: i mean i feel like it happens in a lot of communities like you would you would not even think because mexico is such a mixed country of like many different people um and it's still i mean it happens today like it happens today it happens in other parts of the world where we literally belittle sometimes and speaking about children like depending on like the texture of their hair their skin color i mean all these bizarre things that we don't think affect children uh or even you know just adults in general but man like just hearing this like i'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> i remember yeah. i remember situations growing up where like maybe um i wasn't as light skin as my little cousins or my hair was definitely darker and it was like oh like she's la morena you would see <laughs> me right and it's like my hair is just dark yeah and it's like oh okay yeah sure that's fine with me but then it's in the back of your mind like is that something bad like should that why is that why is it bad why should i be kind of cornered and not as pretty as my Mm -hmm. cousin with the blonde hair
0: yeah i think for too long colorism has sort of been like overlooked in the latino community and i feel like it's dope because we're finally in a space where because of social media because of movements that have been happening people are being outed and these conversations are happening and I think that the curly hair community is one of those spaces where it is really taking root um hey no pun intended Um, (laughs) so you know how did you get to the place where you were like f what y'all are saying you do not know what is dope and what is beautiful and my hair is amazing and it's actually a gift and I'm gonna treasure it and I'm gonna like help other people learn how to embrace their hair as well
1: yeah, I think for me um gain, like ha- I feel like me gaining confidence and like ha- ha- having like a high self-esteem, I wasn't able to really be confident until I was able to embrace my hair. I think being able to embrace my hair had everything to do with being able to be confident. And um I went through that experience. I was very lucky that I went through that in high school. Um and it, it it just something just kind of clicked like I was going I was very lucky to, again like, like we were talking about I grew up here um in in LA and I went to um a magnet program um high school that had a magnet program and it was it taught us so much about like race class gender and it taught us about um just like all these stereotypes that we internalize in society and so that that allowed me to kind of break down these like preconceived like internalized racism that I had you know i I had deep inside me and so that allowed me to um recognize that this self hate that I had was rooted in just racism that I had taken in um and so once I did that I started trying to embrace my hair i started just trying to just embrace myself in general um and Once I did that, um, I just wanted to share it with everybody else. I was like, oh my God, like this is beautiful. It feels so great to be able to be comfortable in my own skin, in my own hair. And I would love to bring that same joy and acceptance to other people, other women specifically. So I would, um, even back then, I would kind of create my own concoctions of hair products um, because I feel like for my texture, especially um, out in the market, everything was either like beach waves or it was way too thick for my hair or way too, too, um, creamy for my hair. So I needed something that was kind of like in the middle. So, you know, growing up, my grandmother, um, she would always, you know, turn to the earth, turn to plants to care for, you know, ourselves for anytime we were sick she was like making some kind of remedy with with plants and Mm -hmm. you know herbs um so she would when I was younger on my scalp I used to have really dry like almost like eczema on my scalp and she would use savila aloe vera the gel fresh from the plant to cure it she would use limon she would use all these different things and so I carried that with me so I would kind of make my own concoctions from things that you could find in kitchens um so I would see different curly girls literally since I was super young, since I I learned how to embrace my hair, I would meet curly girls like in the bathroom or whatever. And they would say, oh, my hair is curly, but it could never look like yours. Um, And so we would end up being friends. They would always, we would always end up like somehow like I would come over they would come Mm -hmm. over and then I would do their hair and then they would start wearing their hair curly. Um, So that's where it came from. And all throughout college, all throughout my, all my experiences that stayed constant. So even when I had it wasn't launching or working on Rizos itself, that's one thing that always stayed constant was me sharing my, you know, little recipe for how to style your hair naturally with other curly girls.
2: And Julissa, you mentioned that when you were 11, like your cousins
1: are, you know, they were trying to straighten your hair.
2: Did you grow up like um, straightening your hair constantly? Yes. Like was that, was yes. that you in high
1: school? Like, yeah. yeah. So up until I embraced my own natural curly hair i was damaging my hair so much i was waking up at like 4 a.m to straighten my hair and my hair is was especially back then it was very long um and even my texture was even curlier so it would take me almost three hours to straighten my hair good lord and i have a lot of hair like if you put your hand around my hair you're gonna be like oh my god
2: and was and was this like you were doing this because you like at at that time did you feel like oh i need to straighten my hair oh this makes me look
1: more beautiful. Oh, yeah. I was like, curly hair is so ugly. I hate it. I would cry. I remember I would cry. Like, when I when I was younger, when, before I had a straightener, I would cry like, oh, I can't. I look so ugly. I look terrible. This, este pelo, like, da-da-da. Mm. I remember just,
0: you know, like, when yeah. I think back, I'm like, girl, you're tripping. You're, you're right? cute. <laughs> I'm, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And so, for you to then get to this space, because... You know, I have sort of... I'm wavy is my hair. My sister has curly hair like you it's crazy how like and that's another thing how like different it is within families yeah um did your sister like it though like growing up or was she like (laughs) my mom didn't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. and so if you look back at like our pictures when we were like young kids my hair my hair was more was straighter when i was younger as i got older it got curlier um so my hair i'd have like you know my hair in like a little ponytail and it would look fine and then like right with like a little like thing and my sister's hair would be like brushed out or it would just be like a blunt cut that would not like do anything for the curls and I you know so it was all I have to say is Amy, if you're listening, I love your curls. And, and you know, and it's interesting because it's like obviously also the thing is my mom has curly hair, but no one had the texture as my sister. Yeah. Mm. So learning how to deal with your own type of curls when no one else around right. you really has that style is hard. Yeah. Um, and you don't know where to begin. And so I think it's like for her, it's definitely been a journey. And she has spent hours in the bathroom. She has done product after product. I can straighten my hair in 35, 40 minutes. It would take her three hours. Yeah, same experience. Like, it was like yeah. that sort of like, and I and obviously, I don't know, but I remember looking at her hair, and actually, I was very, like, envious of it. I wasn't going to tell you that, because I grew up always wanting curly hair. I thought it was beautiful. beautiful. I,
2: I, like, begged my mom to get me a perm when she got <laughs> a, I think it was in style, and, the, you know, the perm, and, like, it was really, really curly. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) I remember begging my mom, like, please, like, I just want curly hair like yours. And she's like, no. When you're older and my mom's hair was like literally like a perm, like crazy, crazy yeah. curly. And I and it's like me wanting to have curly hair. So even just listening to you, like it's how crazy, right? Like sometimes yeah. we always want
0: what we what don't we have. don't have and or we don't understand because Lord knows God knows what he was doing. Cause I do not have the patience to even do my hair right now. So if yeah, yeah, He had yeah, given yeah. me right. get longer or curlier hair, but you know, talking about that, like you don't know what to do if you don't know anyone who has hair like you, how did you learn how to address your needs and how can someone else, cause I know that the, the journey to like replenishing your curls is a long journey. It's full of some, un, some not so great hair days. Um, yeah. You know? So like, how did you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm just going to commit and I'm going to learn everything that there is to know.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was a lot of trial and error. I would say it took me a good, like maybe like five years of buying everything mm. that you could imagine. Like, I remember for my first communion, I got, um, like, $1,500. Because I have oh a yeah. huge family. <laughs> yes, I have a huge family. So, like, $20, everybody... Imagine, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all of them gave me $20. <laughs> I have 13 uncles and aunts on my mom's, on my dad's side, and 11 on my dad, on my mom. Wait, 13 on my dad's side, 11 on my mom's side. Yeah. So, you can only, and they all have, like, a million children. Yes. So, I had a lot of, so I, so I remember I had $1,500. Yeah, And girl. I used every single penny towards hair products. Like, Damn. I would buy everything. Thing imaginable and a lot of like it just the majority just like would not work mm-hmm. um so I just it was just a lot of trial and error um with my own hair and then that's when after using so many products and them not working I turned to my kitchen and that's when I started kind of making my own thing mm-hmm. and then I would just kind of research it I would just um you know I very lucky that I grew up in the era of the internet. Yeah. (laughs) That we had internet not like you know probably my mom's generation didn't have that luxury but um, I was able to you know kind of learn about what ingredients are good, what ingredients are bad and then I also learned it from my grandmother too. She didn't necessarily know about curly hair but she knew about like she was very well versed in um, what natural ingredients are very good for your scalp and etc. So um yeah, it was just a lot of trial and error, but now for if people want to learn how to care for their hair, now you can just hit us up. Yeah. curls, that's probably what we do. We we get hundreds of messages every day um on Facebook, the majority of them are in Spanish and on Instagram the majority of them are in English, but we are like around the clock answering messages, answering emails on how to care. Um it's actually very interesting because So we had our soft launch um, right before the, like pretty much by soft launch, what I mean is like I just turned on the website and obeyed a Facebook page and Instagram right before the hurricane last year in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what a lot of people didn't realize about that hurricane, what happened is that it forced an entire island of women to go natural, Mm. an entire island of women that the majority you know, have gone through the exact same kind of experiences as most curly girls where you're not embracing your hair, you've been damaging it, straightening it, putting Mm -hmm. chemicals in it to, you know, get it straight are literally now forced to have to go natural. They don't have a straightener anymore. So with that, when that happened, it was, it, that was a huge turning point for Rizo's Curls because we were the only hair care brand that spoke Spanish, not just spoke Spanish, but spoke their kind of Spanish, That and answered them and communicated with them the way that they wanted to. So for them, the majority, in overnight, it was, we gained like 50,000 Facebook followers. And it was- Just in Puerto Rico. Puerto Ricans. Wow. Like now, I think we're like almost at 60,000 on Facebook, um, Puerto Ricans. And it's like the majority of them are Puerto Ricans. Dude, that's crazy. And right. it was around the clock messages. Like when I tell you it was- we would wake up I would I remember I would answer the messages right before I went to bed like 9 p.m by the time I woke up I already had a hundred more in my inbox asking you for product I, not just for product but um how to do it like because mm. during that time we couldn't ship anything right. but we had as soon as the mail carriers went back up the you know mailing yeah. we could start shipping to Puerto Rico, we already had hundreds and hundreds of pending orders like wow. I was like, you guys don't even have electricity some of you don't even have water how are you finding ways to message me message on facebook yeah, yeah.
0: that's interesting that that's also like you're like what you're saying you don't have electricity so you're using your little bit of resource to hit out <laughs> because be that's like, important but that's important. it's important and that's right. about latinas we run we the beauty can. industry because yeah, we, we want to
1: look good we could be going through tragedy we could be running running through like a horror movie whatever it is but we want to <laughs> look good while we're doing it True. yo
0: that's honestly i just got chills when you talked about that because that's a story that I have not heard of. That is something that I had no idea about, but it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, and it like, makes sense. In this tragedy yeah. that so many women are just like, "Okay, I have to go back to basics." And basics in a lot of ways that are very devastating, but basics in a way that is actually really beautiful and to not deny mm. your God-given hair and your God-given like beauty.
1: Yeah. And
0: right. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. When
1: that was going on, I felt very, very invested in everything that was going on. Like we had just, you know, we weren't, we were brand new and we didn't really have, you know, I had started off with zero marketing budget, so we didn't really have much. But during that time I was donating 20% of our um, sales to the, both Puerto Rico and Mexico relief. But a lot of it went to the Puerto Rican relief because like, all these—it was just so real to me because they were all like I was talking to them every day. Like they resonating were, with your it story. It was so resonating. Not mm-hmm. not just not just about their hair, but they're telling me like, oh, we haven't had water. I don't know this. Like they're you know they're telling me everything that's going on. Like we still don't have electricity. This and this. My my sister. Family members missing. Exactly. Right? And then it kind of became um because we were speaking to so many of them and so many different people. um, They would tell me what city they're in, and then I would like talk back to other people like oh well Bayamon just got this Caguas is is, do I heard well I spoke to a lady in Caguas and she told me that the relief is coming there so we were communicating with them in so many different ways like I was so updated on like what areas were getting relief which ones weren't which ones started getting more electricity um because we were so invested in everything going on because we were talking to hundreds of them every single day
0: are you still in like? Did out of that? Did any relationships form? Oh my where god! You're like, like we
1: till this day, our number one market, the number one market that orders risos curls is Puerto Ricans. Wow, number one. That's like, why, me gente, what's up? What's up? What's going? <laughs> yeah, like I am so invested with Puerto Rico. Like it's and it's very interesting because I also have like, a relationship with Puerto Rico in that one of my cousins, she's um, half Mexican, half Puerto Rican, and so my grandparents um, died when I was very young, so her Puerto Rican grandparents have always been kind of like my grandparents, Mm -hmm. and they used to live out here, but then they retired and moved to Puerto Rico, to Peñuelas, Mm -hmm. out there, so I've gone many times to go visit them, like, I would go, like, I'm very close with her Puerto Rican family, so, you know. I would go be. Like,
2: it's your family. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like,
1: like they're like my abuelo. So um, I feel like that tie with them too because like, you know, I told so many things that they would tell me. Like I was like, I've been there. I know exactly what you mean and yeah. you know, et cetera. But yeah, I know the Puerto Ricans. I'm like, man, I have so much love and like, For them, and and even just the way that they like it's just so, like, I can just see them, like, everything that happens. I'm like, I know exactly, I can just picture them. Like, I will have so many Puerto Rican ladies on Facebook Messenger literally voice texting me, like, I'm like, girl, like, you just really trust me.
0: Uh, That's amazing. That's crazy. They're like, we got you. We we see you. We were voice texting me your credit card information. Was there a, um, was there was there any indication when they were speaking to you and reaching out as to what they were saying about their curls and maybe why they would neglected them for so many years? Oh, yeah. It was
1: just, it was like, um, porque siempre utilizó el blower. Like, it was just like a matter of fact. Like, well, you know, we we only use the blower. Like, right. and so everybody was just kind of like, mi, mi cabello está muy dañado. Like, el tantos años de blower. Like, that's, yeah. like, or plancha or, you know, but it was like almost like, we were they didn't explain much it was like they just assumed you knew because and you did which i did yeah so they were just kind of like girl you know you know how it is you know how it yeah. is right and now i have to have curly hair and you know my hair is very damaged yeah so and, i need help yeah and i went through a damage phase too so i would always be like okay this is what we're gonna do okay gonna this is what you gotta do now stop yeah. Stop damaging it and yeah. let's do these steps. Yeah. How
2: crazy. I mean, like just said, it's a beautiful story and, and and all the you know, the disaster and everything that was going on, like it's still like a beautiful story about embracing this naturalness that we don't I mean yeah. even like thinking about days without makeup or days without like just yeah. all these things we're right. like oh my god right that's like you're gonna see me but completely naked and bare oh man <laughs> like yeah. that's crazy so uh, incredible
0: yeah. that's no. incredible and thank you that's beautiful what you guys were doing as well yeah thanks so much and speaking of you know your soft launch so you just celebrated a year it's about it's- so officially it'll be the 28th oh my gosh oh my god. congratulations hey. So definitely talk us through the process of starting Grisos, you know. Um, I know it's been a long time in the making. Yeah. So tell us everything. Yeah, <laughs> so um,
1: I, the formulas took me four years to create. It was a very long process and I w- went through two different labs. Um, I just wanted to make sure they were absolutely perfect. I always said I'm not launching it unless it's the perfect formula and worse comes to worse. I have a lifetime supply perfect hair product that works for my hair and my family's <laughs> hair so unless I have that like I can't mm-hmm. so that's why it took so long um, and to me like again ingredients were very important to me I wanted something that uh, would not only you know define my curls but would also nourish them and keep them healthy and repair any kind of damage or h- help help get them healthier not do the reverse. So, um, definitely staying away from harsh chemicals is very, very important to me. Um, so yeah, when I launched officially, it was just, I was still working full-time in corporate. <laughs> like I was, you know, I was working for Nestle wow. and I had a great, I was in a great, like as a ca- career wise in where, the corporate where, where world. Where did you study in college? Yeah. Or? So, um, in at UCLA, I studied international relations, international studies. And then in grad school I went I got a master's in business management in Wake Forest. So I was like business all the way. And then while I was in grad school, I interned for PepsiCo. And then from there I went straight to Nestle and I held a bunch of different positions within Nestle. My last one was I was um the account manager for like a few billion dollar brands for them and manage like so much all over California. So I had a great, it was great, but I mean, my passion was always resources. Um, so it was a very tough situation because, um, you know, I was, you know, kind of managing my day job that was paying for everything and my side hustle that, you know, made my heartbeat yeah um and I officially quit my day job I quit my corporate job and f- f- you know just went straight to risos around um November so in the beginning it was just really really hard um because it was like <laughs> I had like three full-time jobs practically yeah. but I couldn't have done it without my family like they were just huge huge supporters um, you know, the drawing on my bottle, that's my cousin Vanessa that drew it by hand. It's a beautiful picture. The thing yeah, she's so talented. Um, the pictures on my website were all my cousins and I. Uh my brother took the photos. I made the website. Um, my fulfillment was my Theo Juan's garage. On Crenshaw, Washington, I was just saying that yesterday yes. in Mid City, and um, on that same street, you know, the majority of my family lives in Mid City off of Washington Boulevard. So I would just like p- like drive down Washington, pick up all the chiquillos, like all my little cousins, <laughs> and I would be like. Melissa, Chezi, Juanito, Rosalie. And they would just like all get in my car, and I just had all the workers. They- and their parents were so <laughs> eager. <laughs> their parents were so eager to like, yeah, a trabajar! Que bueno!" <laughs> so I had like a bunch of free labor, and I would just <laughs> pick them all up and take them to my Theo Juan's garage. And they were just, it was like a little sweatshop (laughs) in there because it was like all, it was like, and it was, it's always hot out here. So, and but I'm sure they loved it, right? Yeah. They were like, Can can you, can we play YG? Like, oh my God, uh, that's so funny. They're like little LA, like, you know, exactly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I had a bunch of, it was like our whole family pitched in and everybody helped. My parents' house was in storage. Um, just everything was just, everyone had a role. Um, and everybody, it's amazing. It's new talents that we didn't even know that any people right. had. Like, yeah. even my cousin Vanessa, like, she was always good at, like, drawing, but she never knew she could draw, like, a graphic design that would go on a bottle. Right. And then after that, that inspired her to, to keep going and doing that more. Like, so many different, like, me and my cousin that modeled, she was like, I've never done this before. Like, all of a sudden, I had, like, someone, I forced my brother to become
0: a photographer. I forced another one to become a videographer. I forced another- <laughs> so That's dope. And let's yeah. talk about, like, using what you got. Like, yeah. Because so many people who are starting their own businesses, it's like, but I don't know anybody. But, like, you don't know what people are capable of yeah, until so. you ask them to right. do it. And and something, too, that you mentioned that I know a lot of people that have great ideas
2: and sometimes don't know what to do, the funding. Yeah. Because there's, a, I'm sure there's a lot of money that you need to start something off. I mean, as much as you want to um, use all the resources that you have, you already had. I'm assuming like savings to be able to lift off the company. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the so my savings. So I started saving when I was 15 years old and the majority of my savings that I had to use towards Rizzo's like my investment money from, you know, just cause I started working at my parents' restaurant as a waitress when I was 15. So I was always just working and I would always save my money even when I was like working, um, in corporate. Um, but the majority of it went towards all the formulas cause it was four years of it. It was very expensive and there was all these expenses that came with it. So by the time it came down to launch, like I, literally had zero marketing dollars like i was just kind of like all right well um i'm lucky that i have an iphone and yeah. we're gonna make this happen For real so i think that we are very very lucky especially um millennials that grew up with social media and grew up like technology, technology. um we have so many resources at our fingertips like i recently read the 2017 nielsen report on latinas if you haven't read it you'll you need to read it because it's a 55 page report analyzing latinas as consumers in america and it's just so much information on on how huge of a buying force we are so and what that pretty much told me was if you're a Latina and you have any kind of idea for whatever you need or you feel like there's there's a need in your community, do it. Because there's a huge market waiting for it. And if you don't do it, that put report just put like the entire, every, all these huge companies on alert to find something. So but right. if you don't do it, these other companies are going to do it. And right. they have millions of dollars and they're going to figure out a way to 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 you know money off to take yeah Yeah. so just do it and i think for me i learned that you don't really you honestly don't need that much money like you can what you what i lacked in marketing dollars i made up in creativity Mm -hmm. you know there's so many filters there's like photoshop on your phone there's um you can like literally the iphone with an iphone camera you can take photos that look almost professional Mm -hmm. um there's you know uh like Planoly, for example, like you can organize your, your, your feed. Um, there's so many with Hooji, like you can make like a super like retro looking, um, photo. Like there's just so many ways that you can utilize in so many apps. And I always tell people, I'm like, ask me, like, I will tell you what apps to use and how to do this. And I also utilize what I used to utilize a lot was boosting posts with like $10. Um, I was able to get really specific on the targeting on facebook and instagram especially facebook on um targeting like specific uh, they, they had you could target something as specific as like this mom with three kids and like you know shops at Trader Joes mm-hmm. or something you know like yeah. you could get so specific if you wanted to but i would boost different things and that allowed me to you know reach more people and 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 you all like pretty much get um and, and, and analytics too yeah. so i've been using that and just kind of like learning as i go um
0: but yeah so i'm definitely gonna say we're gonna want that list of apps and yeah, then if you real. are subscribed to our newsletter yes. we will send those out and because i know that there is i i love what i know that there's so many people who who are working on their own projects and i love what you said about um like that, that the Latina market is so strong so because strong. I feel like, while yes, I absolutely think people should support your products. I just actually used your shampoo and conditioner uh. for the first time the other day. <laughs> so um, and it's super like like smooth and it's not clunky and it just goes on really nice. Um, shameless little plug there. Um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, it's our responsibility in our communities to put our dollars behind what we say that we're about. For real. We're so quick to get behind these major brands and I think that it's really important that we like look into our local areas and support support like local businesses who are doing things that are amazing and maybe it's a couple dollars more because Target doesn't you know can be cheaper or whatever the case may be but it's always worth it in the end because yeah. at least that is encouraging that person to continue on their pursuit. Yeah. For real. And we
1: support each other. Like I think the one of the most beautiful things that happened to me when I launched Risos was the amount of women mm. of other women female business owners latina business owners that reached out to me to lend their support wow. like whatever I love f- that. Um. people that i had never met never spoken to they just saw my story or they you know glanced at my instagram or something and they were just like girl i have this business how can we how can we help each other mm. so i think that's been my biggest resource and i think for my biggest um advice for anyone that's wanting to start their own business is like, grow with your community. They are your biggest mm-hmm. resource. Like, there's so many other Latina-owned brands that I talk to on the regular. Like, we are helping each other. Like, do not reinvent the wheel. There are so many other Latina-owned businesses out here that we are helping each other. Like, we have a little, um like, crew, the... Patty from Hija Tu Madre, the brand, and then Brittany Chavez from Shop Latinx. Mm-hmm. And we we'll have random like you know little meetings little powwows where we talk about different challenges that we may be facing and how we can support each other and most of the time like one of us has the answer
0: yo that makes me so happy i know for real to know that that's like happening behind the scenes
1: all of them like viva la bonita um vive cosmetics like oh comadre candles like we're all like pretty much it's there's a huge community of Latina-owned Instagram brands. Uh, And I call them Instagram brands because that's where, you know, that's our marketing tool the Mm -hmm. majority of us use to reach other, other um, uh, the masses. Look at the bath bath and body. Like, I can keep going. There's so many. And um, we are just, how incredibly supportive all of them are towards me, how I am towards them. Like, best believe, like, when I, my biggest goal right now and then what keeps me up at night is how to scale because I feel like, uh, for so for so long we're so used to being grassroots for being small business mm. but no i want latino i want latino owned to c- become mainstream yes. i want to break that and have it uh rizzo's curls be available on mainstream level and best believe like once i do like we're all like we're all winning yeah yeah, we're, we're all coming with you like yeah, you're like, you're you're like the ladder yeah. like yeah. nabu you coming yeah. up and yeah. you're coming right. up exactly that's so amazing and so beautiful exactly so I'm like we're all doing it because I know they would do it for me and I'm 100% doing it for them because it's like it's, it's not not just doing it for them it's doing it for a whole community because everything that they represent and like everything that they support and they believe in it's it's more than just like with with Rizzo, it's more than just curls with um you know hija de tu it's more than just close like we are supporting issues that are affecting our community. We are um you know supporting other female businesses. We are we are we are here for each other, for the community, for our culture. So yeah.
2: Yes. Bro. Yes. That's a right, <laughs> right there. there. I, I feel
0: will like, leave you with that. <laughs> I know for real. Thank you so much. Thank you not just only for creating a brand that is absolutely needed, but also for continuing to be a woman who's about seeing other women other latinos succeed um and like shining your light so bright so that it helps to light the path for others to like find their way the latina ladder mm. i love it <laughs> yes. Yes. <Clanky>. Yeah. <laughs> well you can find julisa on instagram and you have a website as well with rizos yes. curls correct rizoscurls.com and instagram at rizos curls facebook
1: rizos curls hair
0: amazing and of course we'll have all of that on our social as well julissa thank you so much for coming in today thank Thank you you. we're huge fans yes i'm fans (laughs) of (laughs) y'all till next time Bye. bye Thank y'all so, so much for tuning in. If this was the first time you heard the episode or the second or third time, we hope that you go over to Julie's page, to Riso's Curls, drop them some love, just we need to just continue in the community showing love to these people who are breaking down barriers and opening opportunities for more businesses within the black and brown space to find their way into these major corporations. I think this is super, super inspiring and just a sign of what's to come. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. We hope that you enjoy this long holiday weekend. If you get the time to chill with family, friends, whatever it may be, stay safe. You can follow us on Instagram at Up Pod or visit us on our website, weightholdsuppodcast.com. We will be back with some dope episodes with, you know, some one-on-ones and we appreciate and love y'all. Thank you so much for following along with us. Mad love. Till next time. Bye.